Welcome to the Online Course Masters Show, where we learn from the best online course creators how to better create and sell our very own courses. I'm your host, Phil Ebner, and today we chat with Brandon Hakeem, founder of InsiderSchool.com, teaching over 60,000 students in over 180 countries, and he's going to share his expert advice on creating better sales pages that convert. He's about to teach us some things we never learn in school, coming right up. Visit OnlineCourseMasters.com for show notes to watch the video version of this episode and see an archive of all our past guests. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. The one thing you can do for me is leave a review for the show, which helps us expand to an even larger audience. Thanks, and let's get straight to the interview. Okay, hey Brandon, welcome to the Online Course Masters show. I'm so excited to have you here, and it was great meeting you and getting to know you a little bit over the past year. You've helped me with my own website, and for people listening, he's given me a lot of great advice in terms of converting people who come to my homepage. So I hope to dive into that more in this episode of the show. Welcome to the show and tell people a little bit more about your background. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for uh, for having me, Phil. It's it's really been great meeting you uh, over the last year, getting to know you better. So I'm really happy to be on the show. Um, as far as starting, so before online courses, I was actually running a restaurant. Um, funny enough, I was doing that uh, right out of college. And, um, you know, it was a real challenge, to be honest, because here I was right out of business school and I was running a business. And what I found out pretty quickly was that the stuff I learned in school didn't really help me that much. Mm. You know, like when I had mm-hmm. to sit down and fire somebody or hire somebody or, or create an email campaign to get people to come in the door, all these things. I had to learn things on my own. So I spent probably three and a half years um, running a wine bar here in LA. Um, we were named top 10 wine bar in the US, which was pretty cool by, by Fox News, um, which I didn't nice. even know about until like six months later. I don't know what that says about me. but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, So I was doing that uh, before, before doing the online courses and started the online courses probably um, about two years ago now. Wow. Well, that's really interesting about starting a, or working at a restaurant and, and doing that. And I feel like similar to you, I came out of film school and in class, I didn't really learn much that I actually put into practice after school. Everything that I learned was through my internships or actually projects that I worked on, like film student projects that I worked on. But I feel like in most uh, areas in school and college, you don't even get that kind of experience. Like they don't have you in, well, maybe in some business schools and a lot of uh, master's programs, you probably do this more so than just a undergrad, but they don't have you actually like go out and actually start a real business to see what it's like. It's all theoretical. So uh, I, yeah, I took some business classes in college and (laughs) I definitely didn't learn how to do email marketing or, or any of the stuff that we're doing right now with our own online businesses. So that's really interesting. So you were doing the restaurant thing and then how did you even get into online courses then? So it was kind of a mixed, uh, a few things that led into that. Uh, The first thing was obviously in the restaurant, I felt like I didn't, you know, I I had to teach myself so many things, but it really started when I was in college. I was taking all these classes and I just felt like when would memorizing all these PowerPoint slides or 
um, you know, things that the professor said and writing them on a piece of paper, when would that help me in my life? So I remember I was so frustrated and I was kind of nervous about this, but I just read a book and everything inside was the opposite of what I was learning in my marketing class. And the book, by the way, was called The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. And so, so I went to the dean of the business school and I, I was super nervous, but I walk in there and I was like, hey, I just really feel like we're getting an outdated education. I, I just, I don't understand what the point of this is. I'm learning more from books and I'm learning from these classes. Maybe I just don't see something that, that you do. Can you help me understand this better? That's a good way to approach and, it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really was hoping, to be honest, that she would tell me something like, hey, you know what? Um, I understand this, but you're like, I don't know how old, I, you're 19 years old. You need to trust that this will lead somewhere. You know, I was even that would have been, I guess, somewhat helpful, um, put my mind to ease a little bit. But she basically said, you know, we're working on a new curriculum. And I knew about the new curriculum. It was basically the same curriculum, just with different names for the same classes. Okay. Um, and I had all these suggestions. I'm like, you know, if you did this, I feel like it'd be so much more helpful. I was just so passionate about what could be done to that, that would help me learn better. Um, so what I did when I was in college, cause I was so frustrated. I just came up with a system where how I could get straight A's in the least amount of time. And I, um, I kind of got this idea from a friend like, Hey, just write a book, make an ebook. So I did that, but I didn't really do anything with it. I shared it with some friends and my sister, I shared it with her. She got like a 3.91 GPA in, uh, in, she was a pre pre-med, she was a bio major. Uh, so it was pretty cool, but I didn't do anything with it, right? And so all and this kinda, was from your research that you did on your own from books and stuff that you read? Yeah, I was just so frustrated. And it more than anything, it was kind of a little bit of an anger, you know, walking out of the dean's um, <laughs> office and, and thinking to myself, I'm going to figure out for myself how to beat the system. And later that transformed into, I'm going to learn for myself the things that I didn't learn in school. So... <laughs> um, so I did that, and that kind of planted the seeds for it. And then uh, after that, when I was running the restaurant, like I said, I had to teach myself. So I turned to books. And I remember, for example, I needed to fire someone, and I'd never done that before. So I read a book called Difficult Conversations, and literally, Phil, I used what it said in that book step by step. You know, I set the framework for the talk, like, hey, it, making it like a cooperative talk, I let them talk first, saying everything that frustrated them. Then I, you know, then we worked together, come up with a mutual solution, all that. And the end result was the person quit and thanked me for the opportunity. <laughs> wow. and, and I was like, this is so cool. You know, I, I feel like I'm learning things that not only am I not learning in school, but that I, it was, I just kind of felt like insider information in a sense. Um, it just felt like a whole new world and it was so stimulating to me. It was just every day I felt like on a high, I would just read a new thing or discover a new thing like, oh, I could do this or, hey, I could start doing email marketing and, and um, get people to show up here on a Tuesday night and we'll have a full night on a Tuesday or things like that. Um, so that was really cool. So and for people who are listening to this, you can watch this video that we're doing on OnlineCourseMasters.com and you can see all the books that Brandon has behind him. And I know if you go to his website, InsiderSchool.com, he'll teach you and he talks about reading something like over a thousand books in the past four or five years. So you basically got addicted to, you know, 
maximizing <laughs> your your potential and hacking you know just life in general but especially business absolutely absolutely and you know to be and the interesting thing about it is i wasn't doing it for anybody else right nobody knew not even my friends knew that i read books cuz i didn't talk about it i wasn't trying to show off i wasn't trying to be smart it was just because i just love that feeling of every day having my mind blown you know every day being like oh my god i never I, I never knew that existed or, or I thought I always thought this worked this way. It actually works the opposite way. That is so cool. So I never planned on on really beyond the college course, which I kind of let go. I never planned on doing online courses or sharing this with others. I was really doing it for me. And um, how that translated into actually teaching online courses was I have a mastermind call every Thursday with a, with a friend from college, and we've been doing this um, for the last four years. And it's been an amazing, amazing uh, thing that we've done. And on one of the calls, you know, he was doing online courses. Uh, he'd already been doing it for like a year, and finally he's like, hey, you know what? You did this college thing like three years ago. Why don't you just make it into a course and see what happens? So I put up the course. I, I recorded the videos, and I was so intense about it that I spent a full week. It was kind of like those things where, you know, you got to set a deadline, kind of that college mentality. You have a test and you have to meet that deadline. So I said, Hey, so what I'm going to do is by next Thursday, by our next call, I'm going to take this book, which I haven't really looked at since then. I'm going to turn it into an online course. I'm going to record it. I'm going to make the videos for it. I'm going to do everything. And by next Thursday, I'm going to, we're going to be on the phone and I'm going to tell you, Hey, I have my first online course up. <laughs> nice. Or not my first, my only because I thought that was it. Yeah. Well, I so, think that's really a good tip actually for people to set deadlines for themselves. And I know for me, I've I've done that for a lot of my courses just because I try to release courses every month or so and one of the most recent one was a big video production boot camp course that we did with some friends and I knew I wanted to get it out before January because I wanted it to be in the big January sales. And so that was kind of a good deadline that I didn't personally set for myself, but it was like forced upon me just because I knew it was going to be a big month. But so many yeah. people, you know, spend so much time pre-planning and doing research and chasing inspiration to figure out how to do it where, you know, maybe it just takes opening up your laptop and starting to record, even with whatever equipment you have, which we'll talk about how you got started with your equipment. But for people listening, sometimes it just takes setting a deadline. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. One of my favorite quotes, actually, um, Gary Halbert said, motion beats meditation. In other mm. words, you can sit and think about things forever, but until you actually start to do something, you know, it, 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 and when you start doing something, it kind of makes all that planning irrelevant. For the most part, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> In this case, that was the case, you know? Yeah. Um, well, you're so. really, I mean, I can just tell you're a really smart guy. And this whole idea of reading books is very intriguing to me. And it might be to people who are listening. But one thing that I find I struggle with is one, like, how do I find a book? Because I find it's kind of like on Netflix when I'm searching for movies or TV shows to watch. There's so much out there that it's hard for me to just pick up a random video or a movie and start watching it. And same with books. I have to like know specifically what book 
and be interested in that before I even start? So like, how are you even coming up with all these books to read and where were you buying them from the store or going to the library or eBooks or what? Yeah. You know, it's a good question because that was a discovery process. So I used to be, this is what I used to do. I would hear about any book or I'd read another book and they talk about a book that really had nothing to do with my life. Um, you know, like maybe like some books that I have that I haven't read, maybe like amusing ourselves to death. You know, that's an example of a book that I bought that I haven't read. Um, so I would, I would buy all these and I don't even have them back here because I haven't read them. You know, it's like, (laughs) um, but it's like, so that's what I used to do. Um, but now I've really gotten in what I try to share with others is first getting into that elimination mindset, like getting really, really clear on what I'm reading for. What is my goal? And trying to go really, really deep into one thing at a time. So I use that framework to come up with what to read. Um, and really thinking about what topic am I trying to learn or master before thinking about what book do I want to read. Mm, um, okay, that's so bef- that's good. Because I feel like for me, sometimes I go to the library and I'm just like, okay, there's all these topics I'm interested in, but it's just overwhelming. So, I, so that's really good. Because then you can kind of go and find maybe the best books in that topic. You can look for recommendations in that topic from people and go about that way. What about like just the reading aspect of itself? I mean, are you like a speed reader? Are you scanning or do you just spend a lot of time every day reading these books? Yeah, well, it's a good question. And I think as far as traditional learning, I guess I'm, I I am pretty good at it. Um, but I wouldn't say I'm the best at it, but what I did discover was, and I discovered this when I was running the restaurant, that I was reading books so I could make changes in the restaurant. And from that stemmed the idea that I'm going to read books so I could make changes in some way that I think, some way that I act, something in my life. So my philosophy from there became kind of irrelevant um, how quickly I went through a book or if I was reading a book or, you know, the whole point wasn't so I could talk to somebody about it or it wasn't to become smarter. It wasn't even to really learn anything. It was just to take action, whether it was action with changing how I think or action in my life or a repetitive action, something that I do every day. So that changed how I went through books. So to answer your question, sometimes I'd go through um, just a part of a book. I'll read maybe just a chapter of it because I'm like, you know what? This is the only chapter I really care about. And I don't feel forced to read the whole thing just because it's written. Yeah. Um, Sometimes like these books take almost like an online course itself. You can learn the entire thing they're trying to teach in the first five minutes or in a specific five minute chunk of that course. Uh, So that's that's really interesting uh, to think about. And I I guess it takes a little it'll take a little time for people to understand how to do that properly, how to find the best part of a book. Uh, Absolutely. And I, I don't I don't necessarily feel say that, hey, just read the best part of every book. I mean, there are a lot of books that I read every single word in. Um, But what I do do is I let my life and my goals and where I'm going and and I let that be the guide for what I'm learning. And I see what I'm learning as a tool to accomplish that rather than looking at learning as a means to an end. Because in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, reading books in itself has no value. Hmm right? The book's only valuable as a tool for your life. 
Mm. So that's how I try to look at it. And I try to go through books in a way that lets me take action on that principle. Yeah. What about for fun? Do you have any time to just read uh, books for for pleasure? Just like fiction uh, books more, I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, I, every book I read, I consider pleasure. But um, the last fiction book I read is probably um, a year and a half ago. I made, I made a new friend. And um, we were talking about books, actually. Cause she, she brought it up. And she's like, oh, cool. You read nonfiction? I read fiction. Let's uh, Let's trade books. <laughs> I actually don't remember ever giving a book recommendation. She gave me a book recommendation, a fiction book, and I spent three days. I couldn't stop reading it. I would sleep like at one o'clock in the morning, and I just couldn't stop reading it. I even spent a full Monday, like a work day, instead of working, <laughs> just reading the book. Do you remember what book and, that was? Uh, it was called, Sh- I think, Shadow in the Wind or something. Hmm. Okay. Um, it was like it, it just open loop after open loop. You just wanted to know what happens next. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. And... Well, but that, my point is, yeah. my point is after that, I made a decision, no more fiction. Okay. <laughs> it, took up, <laughs> it took up too much time. So yeah. back to the courses, you created that first yeah. online course. Just kind of give us a fast forward of like what happened from that first course? How did you make your first sale? And where are you today with your online courses? Yeah. So that course, um, I was for the first, I think like two weeks, I made it free for two or maybe I gave free coupons or something. So I was getting an email at that time every time somebody signed up and I didn't really think much of it. And then that was in December. Um, and then in January, people were still signing up, but slowly, but I, I forgot that it was no longer free. So I was still getting the emails and it took me kind of like maybe seven or eight days. I was meditating one day and it just kind of came my head and I was like, wait, they're not free anymore. Um, <laughs> and I remember logging in and, and uh, it, I mean, it was like $60 or something, but, but it was the best feeling because it was, I, I think just because it was unexpected. Yeah. I didn't really have any expectation whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, That's so, good. That is so good. I think people <laughs> come in because they, and they have expectations of making X amount of money in the first month or making this a full-time thing. But I totally agree. Like when I started, I had no expectations. It's still hard to make expectations. I, I try not to have an expectation that my income is going to grow or, or maintain itself because it forces me to do extra work and to, to, you know, create great courses and to do it for the love of the creation of the process. Um, even though it's a full-time business, there's a little bit of like, well, yes, it's real money. It's my income every month. Uh, I do have to, you know, make that money to keep doing it. But especially when starting out, having low expectations is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that happened. And, and after that, I really didn't think I had anything else to, to teach. Right. It was just beat college. And then um, and then I just had an idea. I, I got home one day at like two o'clock on a Friday and I'm like, what am I going to do today? And I thought to myself, it was, it was just I don't know how I had this idea that. Hey, um, my goal is to read 300 books this year. Um, maybe I could make a course on how to make 300 book, how to read 300 books a year. So. Uh, I did that, but I did it very differently than the first course. The first course, I was, you know, it was turning a book with all the words written and transcribing it into videos. This time, like, you know what? I can't do that. I got sick for two weeks after doing that. Like, I just can't do that. 
Um, so I just made an outline of what I want to talk about. I'm like, I know what I, I know how to do it. So I don't need to really script it. I'm going to just record my outline. So I spent very small amount of time just making an outline and I just recorded it. And I, I finished it in like, I don't know how long, but very quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's really where things started to change because people really resonated with that course. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the become a learning machine course. And even at that point I had nothing, I'm like, okay, I have nothing else to teach. <laughs> yeah. I really, I really didn't. So I'm like, okay, now, uh, you know, that's it. That was, I hope people find it helpful, but, um, so it, it's really been, I guess my point is it's really been, um, a discovery process. Yeah. It's not like I sat down one day and had this huge, idea of like, I'm going to create all these online courses and, and, you know, help people, um, you know, learn these things. You know, it was just one course turned into two courses and then another course idea. And it kind of just grew from there, mostly yeah. from people's questions. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. So throughout this journey, what are some things that you've learned from, uh, you know, you talked about how with your restaurant, you, learned so much on the job. What about through creating the, your online courses and your online business? What are some of the things you've learned? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. And I think there, there are a few things that, that I've learned that I've done well, not necessarily by any, any credit of my own, but, but looking back, I think I've done well. And there are a few things, and I've been thinking about this recently, looking back that I would have done differently and I should do differently moving forward. Nice. Um, so I think the first thing, and, and I guess you can kind of see that in what I've shared with you is, uh, so I, I, Emerson said this, Emerson said that he who writes to himself writes to an eternal public. And what's worked really well for me, and I'm not saying it's going to work for everybody, but is everything I've done, I've really done it for myself. Mm-hmm. Every email I've written hasn't been me thinking, oh, I know more than everybody else. So here I am. I'm going to, you know, enlighten people. Like there's, there's none of that involved. It was just what are the things that I really want to learn or I really want to ingrain or I really care about. I love and, that. I love that because I find sometimes I've, you know, gone away from that kind of idea and tried to create content, create courses that are, you know, for someone else because I think that's what they want because I think that's what's going to make money. But I haven't really, you know, put that into words, but I'd say that a lot of my courses, I I do, you know, just make it for myself. And I think of myself as the the main audience or not even thinking of myself as the audience is just fun kind of like doing it for myself. And there's 7 billion people on the world. So there's going to be people who are interested in the same things you are. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's kind of maybe a test for that is, will you watch your own stuff or read your own emails? And will it have an impact on you? Um, At least that's how I feel. Yeah. And a lot of times, probably people will do that and say no. Yeah. And and I think looking back, you know, um, the reason people have resonated with my stuff or some of my stuff or whatever the case is, I think it's been because of that. It hasn't been because I did, you know, had this, again, I didn't have this crazy plan. I didn't have a, you know, I didn't do market research or whatever. 
I just really did what I wanted to do, um, what I cared about. And, and I, I think that's, if there's any reason, if people do resonate with what I do, which I think they do, or some people do, or whatever it is, I think that's why that's the case. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing that I found very helpful is, I so when I was running the restaurant, I didn't, you know, it, it wasn't something that I loved doing. It wasn't something that I felt like I was really delivering value doing. It was kind of, I was doing it because I was doing it. And it was more about, how do you make the restaurant successful rather than, than creating value for people? And obviously I think I'm just, I like making people happy. So I'd go out of my way to make people happy. And you know, I would even, even if it didn't translate into money, I would still, you know, but I think the underlying thing behind it was how do we make the restaurant successful? Yeah. <laughs> and looking back on what I've been doing with the courses, I think the difference is it's been kind of the opposite. Um, Sometime in that period, I, I heard a quote from Einstein. He said, try not to become a person of success, rather try to become a person of value. He said, too many people try to go through life trying to get more out of it than they put in. And I really thought about that, you know, like, do I want to be someone who's trying to get more out of life than I put into it? Um, and the answer was no. And something I've done with my courses and again, it's not because it's been a strategy or anything like that, it's just been because I care, is I'll take the time to really do whatever it takes to help people get the result that they want, even if it has nothing to do with what I'm teaching, and even when it doesn't lead to any money, which in most cases it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I think that in most of those cases, I probably won't get anything tangible back but I think that philosophy, I mean, my theory has been helpful um, in me doing what I do. But even if it hasn't been, it's been very helpful for me to be fulfilled in what I'm doing. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's so, so important. And I think I'm like, you know, learning myself from what you're talking about and seeing the areas where I've, you know, failed and not focused on, you know, helping the person succeed with my course. Sometimes it's, that means me publishing a course and kind of just being like, okay, it's published. Now I can see the sales roll in and that's it. And, you know, not worrying about the students themselves afterwards, but all that time and all that energy you put into helping those people will ultimately pay back, um, whether it's monetary or just, you know, feeling good about helping other people. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but, but I would, I, I would say some portion of the impact my courses have had, or I've had through my courses hasn't been directly through the courses, but through the follow up of people asking me a question or, you know, I'm very open giving out my email address, getting emails from people or whatever. Um, yeah. you know, sometimes I'll even record a video for them be like, Hey, you know what? I think this is what, what would be helpful for you. Yeah. So I think that, um, and the third thing that, that's been very helpful, maybe we can, uh, if you want, we can go into this a little deeper later, is just creating rituals in my life. Um, so I read in a book called The Organized Mind that um, the brain can't make a distinction between an important decision and an unimportant decision. 
Hmm. Right? Every decision taxes you mentally. Uh, it causes neural fatigue. So I really thought this through. I'm like, okay, if that's the case, then I need to eliminate in my days all the unimportant decisions so I can focus on the things that matter. So I think when making courses or just doing any kind of work that I'm doing, it's been very helpful for me to script what my ideal workday looks like and being very clear on when those important decisions happen. For example, I, I have it scripted that I check my phone for the first time um, after my first work block at, at around 1130. Wow, um, that's impressive. But, <laughs> but just having these things scripted, it doesn't have to be that, but um, has been very helpful. And then having it very clear when I'm working. And then when I work, working in chunks of uninterrupted time, I have uh, this timer where I always have it running. And when this timer's running, there's no interruptions. Nice. So I think for somebody that wants to create a new course or really doing any kind of work, setting something like that up and then working in those chunks of uninterrupted time can be very helpful in, um, in doing that. And then on top of that, what we talked about before, if you set a deadline on top of that, then, then you're really, um, that's really when the magic happens. Yeah. And I know so many people know the feeling of being the end of the day and being like, what the heck did I even do today? I know there's been some days uh, recently where, you know, I spend so many moments rechecking my emails, rechecking Facebook, rechecking my revenue in stats. And by the end of the day, I've wasted a few hours doing that and not actually creating something of value. Yeah. And I've done that too, by the way. I think we all do that. Yeah. But um, I think as much as possible, for me at least, getting back to that ritual, correcting course, getting back to those days where you really are producing something, that's been very helpful for me to, to look back at the end of my days or as many as possible and say, you know what, I'm, I'm happy with, with the return I got on what I invested today. Yeah, I love those days. I love those days when you're like, it's the best. You're like, <laughs> it's the end of the day, and you're like, oh yeah, I just did <laughs> whatever it is. It could be like a single blog post, it could be an email, or it could be editing a series of videos. It's just like I love those days where you you know that you put something together that's gonna make you know that's gonna help people and make the world better. Absolutely. Just one point about that because there's there's a couple things I want to share. Um, I guess I shared three lessons on that I learned that I did kind of well, and two that I didn't do so well. But one more point on that that I've really been thinking about recently. Um, my theory is that any time um, I had one of those days, I've done something that has an opportunity to fail, right? You can write a blog post and put it up there, and nobody could read it. People can hate it. You can make a new course and get all one-star reviews. But... Those are the things that are really going to move the needle. Those are the things that will change your life. Or those are the things that you'll be like, wow, so much has changed. The days that I don't feel that way are the days where I spent all day planning something or, or even all day reading or things like that. So I'm trying to be aware of that a little bit more too because I think it's, it's helpful. Am I doing things that have an opportunity to fail? Yeah. yeah. So those were all the things that you – or a few things that really helped you. But, you, you know, you talk about things that you learned from – maybe some failures or things that didn't go as well. So what, what are those? Yeah, so I was looking back, and I think maybe I was doing this, um, you know, right before this call and just thinking about how much time I've spent 
one, doing things that I don't really want to do, and two, trying to figure out things that I shouldn't be trying to figure out. Right? I've spent all this time trying to learn about um, marketing and, and online marketing. I spent all this time, uh, I, I was making a new course and it was going to be the first one that was going to be me on camera. I spent all this time trying to learn um, Premiere and uh, getting my, uh, the, the place set up and all those things. And it was a waste of time and it was a waste of energy. And not only that, it kept me stuck where I was at. And even if I were to do a decent job at it, it would still be a worse job than if I'd gotten at least gotten advice from somebody who knew that particular area a lot better than I did. So I think that's something even to this day I haven't done a very good job of. I've, you know, I'm like, okay, I could learn things on my own. So mm-hmm. that's what I should do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been uh, a huge, not, not a, a very, very big mistake. And I think that if I hadn't done that, um, I'd be in a different position today than I, than I am now. Not that I'm complaining, but I'm also aware that, that that's the case. Yeah. So what's the solution to that? Because uh, one thing, you know, might be just talking to someone one, or, you know, reading a book or finding something that specifically helps you with, with that. Maybe it could be outsourcing or something. I the, An episode that's going to come out right before this one is me talking with Dina Eisenberg about outsourcing. But like, how do you, you know, not spend the time figuring out how to edit with Premiere Pro and, yeah. or, you know, or do you just scrap it and say, oh, well, I'm not, even, it's not worth it to edit in Premiere Pro. I'll just edit with whatever I was using before. Or do you find someone to do it in Premiere Pro for you? Yeah, I think I think it's a good question. I think there's different levels of answers depending on what it is. So, for example, um, I think at the most fundamental level, the concept of a mastermind and having people that are on the same wavelength as you, where you could be like, hey, this is what I'm struggling with right now. What do you think? You know, what, what would you do? How is there somebody I should reach out to? Or, so I think that that at that fundamental level and being totally okay with looking like an idiot and asking stupid questions, um, right? And, and I feel like that's something that, that I wanna do a better job of moving forward. So that's, that's one level. Um, another level to that is um, people that you know who have done what, you're, what you wanna do. So something that I eventually did, for example, is I had a friend who he does he does film for for his life, so it's like, hey, can you come come over and help me set up my studio? Tell me what I need to buy, and then come here and actually help me physically set everything up. Yeah. Um. So you know that that was another level. Um. Or or with marketing, you know, if you know people who know things about marketing or positioning or your messaging, call them up. Like, hey, I'm I really just need some help. Um, or I feel like what I'm doing isn't really getting the results that I want. Can you just take a look and tell me what you think? What can I do better? Are you enjoying this episode? We hope you're learning to become a better course creator. If you want to fast track your success, get the free seven step guide to success at onlinecoursemasters.com. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, it's so simple. Good. Yeah. I mean, that it is simple. And, but as people who are in this business, most people that I know who are teaching online courses specifically are entrepreneurial. They are people who are one-man band businesses. And we feel like we should f- 
figure out everything ourselves. But even from our conversations before, we had a, like a you know 20, 30 minute chat a while ago where I was asking you questions about my um, you know sales page or my splash screen, and we're going to talk more about that later on. Um, it was super helpful. And so sometimes it just takes asking someone for, for help. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, and, and even beyond that, um, like for editing, for example, I just realized that's not the best use of my time, um, as well. So, um, I still haven't edited the course yet because I've been working on, on the content, but, um, hundred percent, I'm not going to be the one editing it. Um, because, I mean, it just comes down to asking yourself that time, if I spent it somewhere else, would it have a larger return? Is that the best use of my time? And the answer is no. Uh, not only that, I wouldn't do a good job of it. Um, so it doesn't have to be somebody expensive. It could be outsourced to a student, an intern, uh, someone just looking to get experience, whatever. But I think the big realization that I've had recently, and it's, something that I didn't, I wish I knew earlier on is double down on what you're good at and don't try to get good at the things that you're not. I love that. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> um, and should I share one more thing that, that I feel like I could yeah, have done no, better? Yeah, this is great. I'm loving all of it. So hit me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, uh, this is actually something I've been thinking about the most recently is, um, even it's amazing how much things can change very quickly. Last week I was, th no, not last week, three days ago I was at lunch and I was sitting there and I'm like, wow, things are so great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like this lunch, it was just a grateful feeling. I'm, I, this lunch is great. The people around me are great. Um, you know, things are going really good. And then the next night, I don't know what happened. I just started questioning everything. Yeah. Um, you know, like, is what I'm doing the right thing? Is it the best, you know, is it just all these things? And, um, so a few things came to mind. First of all, I had a friend when I was in college, he was 102 and he once told me something and, um, he said, doubt is the beginning of wisdom. <laughs> and I was looking back, you know, being in that questioning state and then comparing that to the night before where I felt like everything was great. And be like, I've spent too much time in that state where everything is great and too little time in that questioning state where I'm questioning, what is this? What am I, am I even doing the right thing? Just questioning everything. Um, and, and I think that's really, really important because anytime you're not in that state, you're putting an artificial ceiling on yourself. And I think that's something that I haven't done a very good job of is I've put too many artificial ceilings on myself by not questioning what I've been doing, mm. um, you know, and, and something else that came to mind is, um, I read a quote by, uh, and this is kind of even a criteria even beyond online courses, but really even deciding if you should be doing online courses, um, you know, like the, the listener, I'm not saying they should or shouldn't, but, um, I read a quote today actually it said that, uh, by Henry Ford, he said, merely gathering knowledge may become the most useless work a man can do. What can you do to help and heal the world? That is the real educational test. Um, and I was thinking about it that really the criteria, in my opinion, shouldn't be financial freedom. It shouldn't be like, oh, I have enough money to just live the life I want. 
you know, I was questioning that idea that I had before. Is that really what life is about? Or is it about doing whatever you're capable of that has the biggest impact? And if what you're doing right now has an impact, but you're doing something else that could have a bigger impact, maybe you're not doing the right, right thing. I don't know. Um, but it's like Warren Buffett, you know, he said the most important investment decision is if I'm going to put a dollar into this company, what else could that dollar have also bought? And, um, you know, I think there are a lot of people that they want to get into online courses for maybe the wrong reasons, um, where they could have had a big impact somewhere else, bigger impact somewhere else. And maybe there are a lot of people who are doing something else where they could have had a bigger impact doing online courses. Yeah. Um, well, I think but, that's yeah. A first, a really good question to ask when you're when you're just starting out, and even you know, continue asking yourself that as you go, because um, you know, I land on both sides of that question. I am loving <laughs> what I'm doing, and I feel like I'm giving value to the world. But I also wonder: is this what I'm going to be doing for the next twenty or thirty years? Or you know, sometimes I think about, you know, after three weeks being in my office by myself talking to a computer screen and a camera, <laughs> if maybe I could make the world a better place being out in the world. And yeah, there's something to be said about like, you know, the internet and how you can change the world with that. And I truly believe that we are with our online courses. Sometimes it's good to, you know, try something else. But either way, you know, there's if you go into this with that idea of financial freedom i love that you mentioned that and the idea of oh i'm gonna create online courses so i can make money so i can have you know extra cash or a full-time job or make enough money for financial freedom then you run the risk of chasing the money wherever it is putting your classes on all kinds of platforms just for the sake of making money which is something that i've failed at but also when and this is going to be a little bit, this episode is going to come out later, but recently uh, Skillshare changed their uh, pricing structure. And this just happened and it was the first payment today or yesterday with the new structure. And people are up in arms because they're not making as much money as they were before. But the purpose and the reason they changed it was to get people who were making the best courses watched by the most people who give the most value to people, you know, reward those instructors. And I truly believe that's what happened. But all the instructors who, you know, just put their courses on there to make money and created a ton of courses to make money are the ones that are, you know, being hurt because of it. But, you know, that's, that's why they made that change because they don't want instructors on there just because they want to make money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think I think that it can be done. You know, it can be done to 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 make money and, and that have 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 that as your only goal, whether it's with online courses. There's a lot of things you can do on the Internet. But I think that if that's the only goal, then forget about the disservice you're doing to others. I think it's really you're shortchanging yourself. Yeah. Um, so I think the big thing is just never stop questioning. I love it. I love all your lessons. And, you know, we could uh, wrap up this episode right now and, you know, people would get so much value from it. But I want to ask, you know, get into the sort of 
other specialties that you have and that you've helped me out, out with, with creating sales pages, converting people to more premium products. But I also, you also mentioned quickly about, you know, your rituals. And I just wanted to give you a chance to talk about like what, you know, what does a typical day look like with you? Are there any other mm-hmm. things with your, your rituals that you want to share with people? Sure. Um, so my, my ideal day is very structured. Um, and again, I don't always live by this day, but I have it written down where it just, you know, get up at 6 a.m. I do my meditation, my yoga, um, and then it just down, go sit outside and, and, and sit, sit and just think for 10 minutes, take four deep breaths, read my purpose. It just everything down to that. Read, then read my goals. Then I have a, like a, a planner that I made that I shared with my students as well. I just fill that planner out. Um, and then I start my my three or my two work blocks of three hours each um, using this timer with a one hour break in between. Um, wow. So you've got it down to a T. And I think that <laughs> would really, you know, help people. I think I've tried, you know, the meditation thing. I've tried the, you know, morning routine thing and I've stopped doing that. But I mean, there's no doubt that if you can get into a r- routine like that, it's going to be more beneficial. So I like that idea. Um, and I, I don't, I, I don't think there's a formula for everybody, Phil. Um, I just know that when I do that, I've just tried to kind of think about what is the quote unquote formula for me that will get me feeling at my best mm. so I can go through the day at my best. Mm, so yeah. that's important. Too, that's to, really what I try to think about. Yeah. That's important too, to listen to yourself too, because you know, for a while I was trying the the whole get up early, trying to like work it backwards to like getting up at five. And like, I see these people waking up at like four, four thirty, and getting going. And I'm just like, I'm just not going to be happy doing that. And, you know, I wake up at six thirty seven, and I get to work, you know, pretty, pretty soon after that at, by eight o'clock most days. And that's pretty darn good. But, you know, so I got to cut myself a little bit of slack if I'm not getting up at 4am every day. And, hundred percent hundred percent so let's talk about um landing pages and sales funnels a little bit you helped me out a lot with that and if you go to your your website insiderschool.com you basically see a you know landing page with not much information but a call to action and it's it's a really good one so uh, you even have a phone number up there so can you kind of walk me through your thoughts in creating this page and any other advice you have for for helping people sell um, or not just sell but convert uh, a viewer into a subscriber absolutely well so the idea behind that page was it's for people that already know me right it's kind of like going through it backwards. They, they find one of my courses or whatever and like, hey, I want to know more. So then they can go to insiderschool.com. And so, so they're already familiar with who I am. So it's less important to really sell them. And it's less important to be very specific on, on, on what I'm offering. Just at least having some in offer. So this page um, does pretty well because of that. Um, and the whole idea behind it is I'm just doing what I would want to do anyway, regardless of anybody signs up or not, is I'm reading these books and I'll share with you what I learn in a way that you can apply in your life. So just the counterintuitive things, things you don't normally learn elsewhere. And it's not like, hey, here's a book summary. It's like, hey, here's 
what I learned from Andrew Carnegie that helped me, you know, uh, do this or do that. So, um, that's really the offer on the page and, and yeah, just a simple page with, with a button where they can sign up. Yeah. And you're, like you said, you're really hitting the nail on the head with the benefit of what you're giving. And that's, I think what works better for these sales pages or, or splash pages, not just like listing off what the person is going to get in terms of, you know, a PDF or a course or a video series or whatever, but like actually the benefit. And that goes for everything. That goes for how you sell an online course better using the benefit in your title and description and subtitle, how you get people to watch your YouTube videos more. That goes for everything. What about the phone number? What does that go to if someone calls that? Well, let me just backtrack one more thing um, about the page. So something that page doesn't do that is very important, maybe not so much on this for this specific page because most people finding it find me, they already know who I am, but is, is the, is specificity. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the biggest mistake is like, Hey, um, learn, I don't know, just something very general. And I think the more specific you get with the offer and with your language, that's when people really start to be like, you know what? I am interested in that. But if you say, Hey, just change your life or whatever, which is kind of what I, what I did. I was more, a little more specific than that, but, um, or, or learn how to make online courses. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not very specific versus, hey, learn X, Y, and Z that will help you make, or that, that I use to make X amount of making online courses, for example. That's something specific that people can relate to. I think that's a very important um, important idea. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. So what, what about once someone subscribes to this page, what kind of funnel do you have and what do you think a good funnel is for someone who who's selling you know even a $25 course or a $2,000 course sure um, well first of all to answer your question about the phone number mm-hmm. uh, it's just a Google Google voice phone number uh-huh so um, yeah just just regular phone and then goes to my email got it cool and uh, are you ex- do you get calls are you expecting people to is there a message that people hear or what? Yeah, it's just a message with me on it and it just gives them an option to leave a message if they like. That's cool. Uh, I like it. <laughs> um, I think, it, first of all, it adds credibility. It lets you know that there's somebody behind the page. Mm-hmm. It's not just some, some you know internet marketer. Um, so that's one reason behind it. And and I mean, it's just, I think it just gives people comfort knowing that they have that option. Yeah, yeah. Love it. So yeah, so converting people after this um, to an actual product, and what are you know what's your end product with this you know page and with your list? Sure. Um, well, to be honest, it's something that still needs some clarity for the long term um, because right now I'm just I mean they can get the same courses that are elsewhere on my website too. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens after they go to this page is then there is, um, a video where it's, it's like, Hey, you sign up to get updates from my favorite books. And it's like a video where, Hey, here are five of my favorite lessons. And it's just seven minutes of pure content and people, um, seem to really like the video. And then after that video, there is an offer to, if you like the video, you can also buy my course, which has more lessons just like these. 
Nice. So um, the idea behind it is, is first of all, just being cool. But second, I mean, just like doing people good, but um, also just showing them, hey, you know, this is if you think this video is valuable, you're also going to find the course valuable and then making them a great offer on the course um, just to turn, you know, it's like crossing the barrier between um, be, before you were kind of just someone who's interested. Now you're um, someone who's, you know, invested in something. So maybe you're more likely to invest in other things. Um, and also if you go through the course and, and you get value of it, you're more, um, you're more likely to read the emails, you're more likely to interact, you're more likely to buy other stuff. So I think that's, that's very important is, is just crossing that barrier from, um, free to paid. Yeah. So, and is that video that you have playing, is that just a lesson from a course or is that a specific video you made for this sort of offer page? Yeah, it's, it's just five lessons mm, um, it's not it's not an offer from it's not a re, reused video it just straight up hey this is brandon from insider school uh, i want to share with you the five lessons here's number one got it <laughs> so and it gets straight to it's not like hey um so here's my story and, and i stories are great but i i just really wanted to get to the point um so that, that's what i did i like that because right now i do kind of use a similar technique of the upsell after someone enrolls in a core or signs up for my newsletter but i have a you know a sell, sales pitch after that for people to you know i say i welcome them to the email list i say hey this is what you're going to get if you want to you know take it to the next level you could sign up and buy my course right now i think what would be better is if i say thanks for signing up here's how you you know three quick things that can make your courses better and then, you know, offer something afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, one may work better in one instance, one in another instance. Um, but I do think that if if we track who watched what or did what and then follow up with them, then perhaps giving value up front um, may work better. And then following up, like, hey, I noticed you saw this. If you're interested, you may also like this course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like it. Cool. So they, so what about your emails after that? Are you still, do they get on a list? Do you have an automated sequence? Uh, are you pitching them other courses later on? What about that? Sure. So I started this email list basically when I started making courses and the reason I started is because I made the read 300 books course and people were asking me, Hey, what books are you reading now? So I'm like, all right, guys, I'll, I'll just make an email list where once a month I'll send one email where I'll send you a list of the books I read that month and a quick summary of each. Um, and then I started asking people, hey, would you prefer in one email with all these books, just an email like every week or so with just focus on one book or one topic that brings a few books together? So then I just started sending emails with um, just one thing and for for two years, there was never anything to buy, and there yeah. really there's still beyond that initial offer, there still isn't. What about are you <laughs> an affiliate? That's pretty amazing. But are you an affiliate for these books, and are you pointing them to Amazon and making any sort of revenue from it? Um, maybe like ten bucks. Ten bucks because uh, total it's it's, <laughs> it's it's irrelevant. It's insignificant. Yeah. 
the only the only reason so when I send an email about a book I usually don't link to it but sometimes I play around with this one of the first emails they get is a list of some of my favorite books and those are all links to my account um, and I, I guess I make again like 10 bucks maybe 20 <laughs> yeah. maybe most I've made in a month is 30 from that nothing which I just use I just get paid in Amazon gift card and buy more books so it's yeah but um, <laughs> but um, yeah it's not well, it's all it's about value. I, I I don't know. I mean, it's not necessarily good business what I've done. Well, I think, you know, I, I would argue <laughs> that it, you're building credibility and people, I think people are smart and people are aware of when they're being sold to. And even if it was, you know, if you tried to sell them the book more and it wasn't just a summary i i haven't gotten your emails but i'm sure they're really good and packed with value and not just like here's a little snippet but buy the book and you'll learn the rest or you'll learn all the secrets <laughs> i didn't tell you about right. so there's different ways i to usually do don't even link to the book phil so it's it's really been again just going back to what i shared earlier of um this is just this is the stuff that I want to remember. This is the stuff that I really, really impacted me, and I thought it impacted you too. So I'm just going to share it with you. Yeah. And that's really what I've done. Um, again, going back to what, maybe what I've done well. So I just mean that from, from a business, and I'm not regretting that, but from a business perspective or for someone listening to this, it may not necessarily be the most helpful advice. And um, I'm not necessarily saying, hey, just just go to that extreme either. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but that's, that's just what I've, I've done up until this point. Yeah. Nice. Well, so, okay. I kind of want to, we're kind of wrapping up. We've been chatting for about an hour, which has been great. And I hope people listening are, you know, having a blast. I, I've, I've personally enjoyed this interview a lot, like really a lot. So, um, I think I'm curious though, and people are probably curious, are you, you know, making a full-time income with your courses? Are you doing other things? Like what's, what's the, you know, what, what's your business like right now? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, this is basically, yeah, I, I do, I do live off what I make from the courses. Um, and I think that's why, like I said, I wasn't questioning so much anymore. It's like, hey, you know, I mean, I'm just the type of guy, I live pretty simply, um, so it, it wouldn't take much for me to meet that standard, but I, I mean, I've clearly now <laughs> now met that standard, but um, yeah, I mean, th this is, it, it's definitely past that threshold. Yeah, um, nice. So it's been, it's been good in that sense. Nice. So it seems like you have a pretty good balance of, you know, having your rituals every day where you're like getting a lot of stuff done. But on the other hand, you're kind of leaving everything open to just figuring out what you like and doing what you enjoy. So when you look at the next couple of years, do you have any like specific goals or projects you're working on or are you just kind of going with the flow? <laughs> um, well, it's a good question, and I, I do have different with 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 this specifically because there's other things that I that I you know work on or, or focus on or, or think about. But um, with this specifically, I think what I've done is I focus more on the process and the results. Um, so I, I do have different 
you know, at one time, like, you know what, this is the goal that I really want to focus on. And, and then another time, like, you know, I really should just focus on this part of it and, and look to do that. So, um, I think the goal really, it, it varies depending on the time and what I discover and what I'm questioning. But I think, yeah, like you said, the constant behind it is just focusing on the process and getting a lot of the answers that I didn't have through that action. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, one thing that you we talked about right before we started recording was um, your equipment that you got started. <laughs> and this is kind of going back to the nuts and bolts. But you, you mentioned you yeah. started with your iPhone headphones with... I'm assuming the microphone yeah. in there. If you and... watch the video, these, these uh, <laughs> headphones right here. I mean, I think that I'm just going to give that tip for people is like you can just get started with really whatever. And even though the quality standards are increasing and you do need to get great video quality and audio quality, do you have any other advice for someone who's listening and maybe they really resonate with what you're talking about and want to create an online course to help the world, but they're hesitant. So yeah, what, uh, what do you kind of tell them? Yeah. So I don't necessarily recommend using iPhone um, earbuds. I did it because again, I had that one week deadline. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to record it. This, this will do the trick. So my, my first piece of advice would really be that focus more on getting it done. And then if it works, you can come back and make it better later. I mean, you don't want to release something that's bad, but a lot of things that we spend that extra time working on that we think really makes a difference in the eyes of the user really makes no difference. Not a single person, I'm embarrassed about it, but not a single person has um, complained or, or let alone left a review or made a comment or anything that, hey, it's clear that you're using headphones because I hear all the pop sounds. Yeah. Um, this is really bad quality. Nobody's ever said that. Yeah. So I think it just goes to show you that it's more important to get something out there. And then if it needs to be fixed, fix it versus um, versus the, the, the opposite. But yeah, I was using these headphones and then I got a, a Yeti Snowball. And then uh, now I have the, the blue Yeti. Still nothing like what you have. I mean... Uh, looking at looking at what you have but it's just yeah just a mic and and when I do record I do have a pop filter on there as well um but that's basically what I have I do have a little recording uh area over there I can't move the screen fully but um nice so that's for an option as well but but everything I have until now is just um yeah I've been <laughs> one course with this one course with a snowball and the rest of them with this and then I just use um, screen flow to record it and then I use keynote to animate it so it's not even my face on there yeah um, super simple well that's that's great so I'm going to put you on the spot Are because you've read so many books is there one book that you recommend or a couple for people who are interested in online teaching that might help them and you know I might not have to do with anything related to online teaching or online business but anything that you could recommend <laughs> um, sure. So I guess, I guess you can look at this from different angles Two two people that really had an impact on my way of thinking. Um, one was Henry Ford, uh, his book, my life and work. It's kind of a little dense though, but just his philosophy of business where he's like, Hey, the whole point of business is to do good. Um, 
that really resonated with me. So I really like that. Andrew Carnegie, um, there is um, an interview he did with Napoleon Hill. Andrew Carnegie was the richest man in the world at the time. Uh, it's a book called How to Raise Your Own Salary. And kind of the principles underlying um, what he, of success, what he says are the principles underlying success, I think are important to keep in mind. So that's, um, that's a book I really like. Um, and then marketing wise, I mean, it just depends how deep you want to go into marketing. You can read so many of the classics like scientific advertising. Um, uh, I'm you know, writing all these down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, just more recent ones, there's, there's, you know, people that, that really are considered the, the gurus in that space. So people like Russell Brunson, you know, his book dot com secrets, um, can be helpful for, for some people trying to at least, I mean, not necessarily give you all the answers, but at least just understand how some of this stuff works. If you're looking to, to build stuff on your own platform and, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's super helpful. I'll include links to all of those books and all of the, the links uh, that we've talked about in the show notes. For people who are interested in finding out more about you and your courses, where where would you want them to go? Um, I mean, they can just go to insiderschool.com to to get the emails. If they're interested in any of the courses specifically, then they um, you can just send me an email and I'll give you the links to those. But um, more than anything, just, just if you're interested, sign up for the emails. I think you'll really enjoy them. Awesome. And I, you know, one thing that I love doing to learn is to, you know, just check out other people's work and websites and email lists and funnels myself just to see how it works. So if you go to insiderschool.com, you can see a landing page that is converting and see the emails that Brandon has been talking about. Well, Brandon, it's been a super pleasure. And I know we could talk about all kinds of other things. So we'll have to have another conversation in the future Absolutely. of this podcast. Um, but I wish you all the best and thanks for being on the show. Oh, Phil, thank you so much, man. Had a good time with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, there's no better way to learn how to create and sell online courses than heading over to onlinecoursemasters.com and downloading your free seven-step guide to success. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen and make sure to leave a rating. If you do, I might even read it on a future show. Help us reach our first 100 ratings. It'll just take one extra minute of your time. Thanks, have a beautiful day, and we'll see you next week on the next episode.